This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to a Sad Boys edition of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Taylor and I'm joined tonight by Brady and we're going to be discussing our immediate reactions to the Panthers' 84-55 loss in the first round of the NCAA tournament against the Houston Cougars. Brady, let's start it off. That wasn't fun. No. I mean, full disclosure, I was there and I did find enjoyment from the whole experience of it. Um, Definitely worthwhile. Uh, Anytime we're in the tournament, everyone who hears this who's on the fence, like even in a case where we lost by 29, 29, it was still a worthwhile endeavor, in my opinion. Uh, So I want to get that out in front. Um, Tournament trips are tournament trips. I mean, getting there is a feat in and of itself. Now, whatever you do with it is another matter. But I mean, getting to the tournament is definitely not something to be ashamed of. And I'm glad that I was there to see Jeff's last game, Malik's last game, last game, Jordan's last game. Like, I'm glad that bad as it was seeing the finality, seeing the finish. But yeah, it was it was I mean, we just didn't put our best foot forward in the tournament. And that's it's it's disappointing. It is disappointing, especially because the team that we saw play tonight, I think anybody that actually watches this team knows that's not how this team plays. And we obviously didn't go out and put our best foot forward, like you said, and just kind of came out flat on the <laughs> offense. I mean, all credit has to go to Houston. They played an amazing game on both sides of the floor, stifling defense. Corey Davis was dropping bombs. <clears throat> I mean, their bigs were getting involved, really athletic. Their bigs and were just instrumental. I mean, I mean, the, the rebounding number the obviously is going to stick out. We knew that that was going to be how it was, but I think it was what they did with those rebounds. Uh, a lot of the offensive uh, rebounds specifically is what, uh, I mean, right here, they only had 13 to our seven uh, offensive rebounds, but they had 38 to our 20 defensive rebounds. Um, yeah, I mean, I think even in a situation where we won the game or it was close, there was going to be a gap there. But the thing was just like, they worked the post so good. They they just ran really smart offense all night, and the bigs finished. I mean, uh, they're big. Brady, you know, it's his last name, so not related. <laughs> Went six for six from the field. I mean, you literally can't do better than that. And it was only in 16 minutes of play, so he really made the best bang for his buck as far as that goes. And they, there were times where we, we got a, a step on a guy, you know, from the perimeter driving in and they just recovered so quick. I mean, crazy athleticism from their bigs. I definitely wouldn't be shocked to see them make a run. I mean, they have the recipe to go deep in this yeah. tournament. I mean, they've locked down defense, fantastic perimeter shooting, athletic bigs that can get in their muscle in for offensive rebounds to give those, um, knockdown shooters, second chances, and that's definitely the recipe for teams to do well in this tournament. So, again, hats off to Houston. Um, you know, they played a great game, and they deserve to be moving on to this tournament. Do you have any specific stats that you want to mention that really stuck out at you? Well, the the one that just above everything else, aside from the final score, just we had five assists on the game. They had 22, which would be good for an NBA team. That's pretty outstanding for a college team. And I guess it's not shocking because just the way they were running their sets, I mean, they kind of look like an NBA team out there. They were running lots of motion, lots of... It was... If it wasn't my team, I would have been, you know, excited to watch that. I mean, 
Absolutely. It was really good. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the box score. Um, Galen Robinson and Corey Davis both had six assists. Um, and Dijon Giroux had seven off the bench. So, I mean, their their backcourt was getting facilitating ball movement. Their guys were getting open and cutting to the basket. Um, their their offense was just clicking on all cylinders today. And their defense made our offense never really look comfortable. I mean, it's it, you've seen that a lot of opponents at Georgia State have suffered a little bit on the offensive end of our defensive scheme has kind of made teams uncomfortable a lot this year. And I think that we got a little bit of a taste of our own medicine of sorts tonight against that Houston defense. I mean, if just the, the way we played, it it looked like a team who only got five assists over. For 40 minutes i mean we just we weren't spreading the ball around we weren't moving a ton and it would just be possessions where someone would be dribbling around which like you're saying is exactly how we make teams play against us sometimes where it'll just be like they don't do anything with possession and just throw up a three and that's what happened and it killed it especially there were times where we were cutting into the lead and we'd come down and just not do something with a two possessions in a row and they'd go down and score and that just put it out of reach at a certain point. I just wish for all the world that the seniors could have put on one more time and that I'm bummed for them and for Panther family that it didn't go that way, but I'm still going to putting a positive light on it, taking away the sad boys momentarily 24 and 10 NCA birth for the first a consecutive NCAA berth for the first time in program history I mean a lot of success from the season and it's keeping the ball rolling in the momentum I feel like the NCAA tournament does cast a little bit of like an artificial um, dark cloud over the end of any team season that makes it and doesn't make a run in the tournament um you know I, I I've made this point a lot about the college football playoff system as we have it now is that it kind of anybody that doesn't make the playoff feels like their their season is a failure. And I don't think that that's the case with this Georgia State team. Like you said, 24 and 10 consecutive NCAA tournament appearances. I mean, this core has seen some of the most sustained success that Georgia State has seen in program history. And, uh, you know, this game being the <laughs> punctuation point on a really great season sucks. I'm not going to candy coat it and say it doesn't, but it doesn't tarnish the accomplishments that this team was able to go out and, um, you know, hang on the, hang their hat on this year. Um, you know, they got out, they went out and now we have five 21 seasons in the last six seasons in the Sun Belt. That's, I mean, that's, that's great. And definitely nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. I can't really add anything more to that. I definitely agree that there's, that's the way you got to look at it. I mean, especially now that it played out the way it did, you can just say we were a 14, they were a three and a three loss team at that. I mean, the odds were against us anyway. It's always going to be more disappointing when it plays out like this, but it still doesn't take anything away. And I'm definitely think there's a lot to build on for next year. Yeah. Damon had a solid game today. Um, he was active a lot in the first half. Uh, he scored the first three points for us. Active Which, just might as well be his middle name. I yeah, mean. Damon Active. We uh, Damon Active Wilson. You got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are pieces. This team isn't. They'll definitely have to retool. I mean, losing four seniors and a junior uh, 
that are like a, the focal point of your offense is is going to be hard to replace. And you know, those are big shoes to fill. Whoever takes the those minutes to step up next year, but I have faith in this coaching staff and the program to be able to bounce back. And you know, we've lost players before and found those minutes in other guys as well. This will be famous last words, but I think unlike after we lost RJ and company after the Jacksonville win over Baylor, I think that this next season has a chance to come close to replicating this season's success, making the tournament. I mean, I I think that there's a chance for that. I just, because I think that Kane can take the mantle of this team and be the guy and I think, I mean, look at DeMarcus taking a step at his sophomore year. RJ took a step in his sophomore year. We keep having guys, once they have a year in the system, they take a step. And so I'm just waiting. I am just sitting here, sat, ready to go see what sophomore Nelson Phillips can do. Because I think this guy's the limit with that guy. For sure. I mean, the pieces are there. Um, it's all about developing and then, again, finding guys to come in and fill those big shoes. I mean, a lot of what you saw with regards to our success this year is because we were able to spread it out, you know, at any given point, DeMarcus could go off. Jeff could go off, you know, any of these guys, we had four players on the team shooting 50 or more threes on the year. And I feel like that goes to show how balanced our offense was over the course of the season this year. So it's going to be a matter of finding guys to come up and step into that role and take on that mantle for themselves and it's going to be tough, but I absolutely have full faith and a lot of optimism surrounding this program moving forward. So the last thing I would say, as far as this goes, this intermediate, this preliminary talk on next year is we have two transfers who are going to be eligible to play. Justin Roberts, who is seemingly a point guard from what I can tell, and Corey Allen, who's a sharpshooter, who's a transfer from Detroit Mercy who DeMarcus just gave a ringing endorsement for on Twitter in his I'm leaving message. He said, watch out for Corey Allen. So we can take that for what that is. And the other thing is we've got three guys who we don't even know who they are, who are going to be a part of this team because we're going to have three more scholarships to fill going into next year. And so it's a lot of new and it's losing a lot of good. I mean, three double digit score. Sorry four double-digit scorers you can't just say yeah we got it in the bag but i'm very interested to see where this goes also kind of elephant in the room um we are hearing reports and then again these are unconfirmed reports but supposedly um coach gave an answer to a question of regarding whether or not he'd be coaching the panthers next year saying that he's going to take the next 48 hours to decide so that's certainly something we're going to be keeping an eye on um probably the biggest thing for us to watch with this immediate uh, off-season period. Yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, can't really comment. I think if we, you know, to take a page out of the Jerry Maguire quote book, show him the money. I think if, if we pay him and offer him a solid contract extension that is worth what he's worth because of all that he's done for this school, I think he'll want to stay. I don't think he wants to leave Atlanta, and I don't think he wants to leave what he's created here. But if he gets too much money to coach somewhere else and we aren't offering him something equitable, I mean, I'd do it if I was him. Yeah, I would hate to be in a position in which it just came down to money and Coach Hunter wanted to stay here, but someone was throwing more money at him. Um, Because I do, I I agree with what you said. I think he wants to stay here. I think he wants to be a part of 
you know, taking this program to the next level. And they've laid such a great foundation and it would seem like such a waste to, I don't want to say deprive us, but this team could be really good with what we have if we keep Coach Hunter and keep building upon what we have. And I'd hate to see that go out the window over a matter as trivial as matching a salary that somebody else comes in and offering. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to get too much into this. Um, that's obviously we have a long off season ahead of us to talk about all that stuff, but we wanted to just come out here and kind of get our initial thoughts to this game out on the airwaves, um, to the Panther family. So, um, we're going to be back with a more, um, I guess, detailed full cast breakdown of just the season as a whole, do kind of like a retrospective 2018, 19 season episode. And then we have a lot of really cool off-season content we've been talking about uh, privately, so we're really excited to be able to share that with you guys coming up soon as well. Yeah, keep it posted on the Twitters. Keep it posted on the website. We will be updating. We definitely not happy the season's over, but now that the season is over, we're happy because we've got some good content that we're going to put out there. Really excited about doing that. Well, I think that's going to do it for the Sad Boys edition of the Thursday Night Podcast. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, thank you to this group of seniors, to Jeff Thomas, Malik Ben-Levy, Jordan Tyson, and Devin Mitchell. Um, thank you to Jamarcus. Thank you to everybody, the coaching staff, the players. Um, this has been such a fun season for us to be doing what we're doing and kind of getting this off the ground. And it's been a pleasure watching this team all year. And we're both, at least Brady and I are, and the entire Thursday night podcast crew are really excited to see what's next for this program. So thank you guys for listening and we'll be back later this week for a more in-depth breakdown of the 2019 season for you. But until then, thanks for listening. Go Thurs.